Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio, and we come to you every week with this program. Delighted to have you on board. Carol serves as executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's past chair of the board of directors for the National Council on Aging. She's a member of RAISE, Family Caregiving Advisory Council, under the federal government of Health and Human Services, and has a master's degree in social gerontology. She doesn't look this old, but she has over 25 years' experience in the field of aging or caregiving or both. So, Carol, we had a chance, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago to talk to our upcoming guest, Dick Edwards, who has an incredible career in housing, aging, and uh, seniors. It, it, absolutely. And, and, you know, so many times we want to have people back and we just keep moving on. But I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to bring Dick back and update us uh, to find out, you know, what's new with his book. And and actually, you know, I was looking at his bio uh, right before the, the show and, and thinking about all the ways we could have crossed paths. I worked for the American Association of Homes and Services for the Aging a little bit before I think Dick was uh, working with them. And and when he gets on, we'll, we'll bring him on so I can ask him if he's still in Wisconsin. Well, Dick Edwards uh, was told by his mother at a very early age, always be nice to older people. And he has certainly tried to do that. Born and raised in Rochester, Minnesota, Dick graduated from Luther College in 1964, earned his master's degree in social services administration from Case Western Reserve University, Cleveland, Ohio in 1966. I graduated from Case Western uh, in undergraduate school. He joined the staff of the Methodist Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, for a whole lot of years, has worked and continues to work in adult services. His book, Mom, Dad, Can We Talk, comes out this month in a revised edition. So, Dick Edwards, it's great to have you back. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Ron and Carol. Now, for those who may not know, uh, tell us about Mom, Dad, Can We Talk? Mom, Dad, Can We Talk is a book that I wrote with a couple of uh, close friends and colleagues back after retiring in about 2007, uh, as my wife, uh, who's lived with me my entire career in older adult services, saw my retirement coming, she said, Dick, you'd better find something to do. <laughs> so with that as a charge and with the support of just a lot of people, staff and adult children and families that I've worked with over the years, uh, we put together the book, Mom, Dad, Can We Talk? And basically it's a, it's a book aimed at adult children in families who are dealing with the, the uh, issues of aging parents. Um, how, do you, how do you get through that stage of family life? How do you uh, accentuate the positive and minimize the, the negative in, in, in what's going to be unfolding in, in your unique family? So in that book, we lay out a lot of uh, thoughts and ideas. We have the experience of uh, hundreds of uh, children and families who have shared their journey with us. And the book has been really very successful. So since we last talked, I've been on the road 
I have uh, presented to over 130 audiences of appreciative adult children uh, all over the nation who have come together in in a context of informal meeting and presentation where we talk about uh, aging parents and family dynamics and roles and relationships and resources and, and how you get from that point of recognition that we have a problem, mom and dad are getting older, and uh, the end game, which we know how it will end, uh, the goal being we want to say that we have no regrets, that we did it well, and we did it to honor our parents. Well, when you think about uh, the kind of issues that uh, in those 140 or, or so sessions you held across the country, what were the similarities and were there any unique challenges that popped up in some of those meetings that you hadn't seen before? Right. Well, that, that's that's a good question, and it's a great lead into why a second edition or why a revised edition. Uh, you know, you think you know it all, but you're never done learning. And I learned a whole lot from these uh, gatherings of adult children. And what came out of it was uh, basically some common themes, which is we want to do the right thing, but we just don't know how. We need support, encouragement, and guidance, uh, tips, so to speak. And then also three topics came up that, quite honestly, hadn't occurred to me. And so uh, one of the reasons for a revised edition uh, is to address these three topics. What were the well, topics? Yeah, well, of course. Sorry, what are the Karen. topics? Yeah, I, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one of them has to do with the family wherein there are aging parents and a special needs adult child, a sibling. Uh, it goes something like this. You know, we live for the empty nest. We live for our kids getting out, and we live for that time in life when we're out from under the day-in and day-out responsibilities of our children. If you're a, a parent who has an adult child that has special needs, physical, mental, combination of both, uh, you stew and you fret and you go to bed every night asking the question, who's going to take care of Joey when we're gone? So acknowledging that that's out there and real for a lot of people, and they spoke to it in, in our meetings, uh, it became clear that that was worthy of, of some drill down and some discussion. So in the revised edition, we take the topic. In fact, it's called, Who's Going to Take Care of Joey When I'm Gone? And it helps families think through the, the variables that can be a part of that unique family when they have in it somebody with special needs along a continuum. Some special needs adult children have made their home with their parents their entire life. The parents have been doting, they have been protective, they have done everything all the time for that child. And there's a profound lifelong dependence that, that now has to deal with the fact that mom and dad are, are going, to, going to leave. There might be a special needs adult child in the family, say with Down syndrome, who has adapted very well over his or her lifetime to that reality, using community resources, having a case manager, sort of figuring out a life of their own so that the parents are not as on the hook. That chapter um, was brilliantly done and, and uh, by, by some guest authors who have drawn from their personal experience and from uh, their professional experience. And the other two topics. The other two topics go something like this. We as growing older persons, 
live for the status of grandparent. We want to be Papa, we want to be Jeepa, we want to be whatever the, the uh, affectionate term uh, is for our role as grandparent. That grandparent-grandchild relationship is extremely special. It's unique. It's, it's precious unto any other kind of a relationship you have. So the adult grandchild or the growing grandchild watches grandpa uh, deteriorate, watches grandpa lose uh, physical abilities, lose cognitions, uh, forgetting your name. Grandpa doesn't remember my name. Having to go into a care setting, and none of us, you know, put a high on the list, let's go into a nursing home. So that's a scary environment for a lot of people, particularly children. So the challenge there for the parent of the aging parents is to help the grandchild at their level of understanding get some grasp of what this aging process is all about and why grandpa who is always going to be your grandpa is changing and then how you adapt to that change how you accommodate that change how you gauge your expectation of of grandpa still grandpa but he's aging and here's what that means so that, that's, a, that's a nice topic, and people, people resonate with that. The other topic that came up was, okay, so I've read Dick's book. I've convened the family. I've engaged mom and dad. We've asked all the questions. We've gone through the, the five steps, and we are ready for the races. Everything's in place. Boom, boom, boom. And then, bang, an external reality slaps us in the face that throws everything cattywampus. That external reality is called COVID or any uh, pandemic that we are going to be uh, vulnerable to regardless of our age cohort or where we are in life. So there's a really nice chapter that helps you think through, okay, so now how am I going to, how am I going to accommodate? How am I going to adapt? How can I prepare myself so that when this thing comes my way, I've thought about it, we've made some provisions, we have a, a game plan that we can trigger, and, and we'll get through it. But when you look at care settings and you look at the, the current COVID situation, golly, people have been hurt profoundly uh, and irrevocably by the realities imposed, particularly in care settings. And sadly, the vulnerable among us, the elderly, have, have suffered the most death. You know, yeah, 300- I, sus- I, I suspect that there's going to be a lot of conversations, um, you know, coming out of COVID about not only just what <clears throat> happens inside, uh, you know, a long-term care facility, assisted living, <clears throat> but also that decision to place has been totally totally changed. I mean, we have caregivers that have taken their loved ones out of facilities um, and and then remembered why they were in the facility to begin with. Absolutely. Uh, so that's that's not necessarily just don't do it is not necessarily um, the answer. So those are really tr- tricky questions. Yeah. But I love that you've um, addressed really sort of the you know, the, this next generation, the generation of older people right now that have children with disabilities. I mean, if you think back to the system, there's a reason that a lot of, of older people today did not put their children into services right. you know, at the time because they weren't so great, you know. No. And also there was greater stigma. Where yes. have I failed? I must have, I'm, I'm being punished. 
Uh, and then the, 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 the mother hen nature to uh, overprotect. Right. And there, um, and there was no mainstreaming, you know, this whole no, idea no, no, of no. integration and mainstreaming people. Yeah, so, that was yeah. that was not on the radar at all. You you right. brought them home, you protected them, you 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 kept them out of society uh, because of embarrassment or whatever. Um, yeah, and 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 those stories need to be told. Lessons have been learned. Um, I have a friend who who grew up uh, with a Down syndrome brother, who even if he didn't have Down syndrome, was kind of obnoxious, and the mother overprotected this son and forced my friend to include him in all of his teenage activities. Um, and, and only as life circled for, for my friend, could he say, you know what, Dick, I resented that. Right. I resented that. He would. Yeah. You know, speaking of, uh, speaking of COVID in our own family, uh, just over this past weekend, uh, our uh, family suffered a loss. My uh, wife's uncle, Victor died of COVID. He, went into the hospital Christmas day and died January 3rd. He was mm. 80 years old, a veteran of world war two, a nice guy, a great dad and lived a good life. Uh, lived, uh, alone, uh, was not in a, any kind of housing, uh, took care of himself and then boom, gone within two weeks. Yeah. I mean, they say that everybody either has had it or knows somebody that's had it. And, uh, we've had, since September, we've had six people in our orbit who have died, and three of them have died because of COVID. Wow. And yeah, one man. of them one of them was a retired Lutheran pastor who had spent his entire career at the bedside of the sick and the dying, comforting them, holding their hands, seeing mm. them on, offering song, prayer. And the, the tragic irony was that at his hour of death, he could not be held in anyone's arm except a non-English speaking nursing assistant who was right. well intended. Right. And his, his family could only come in on a very clinically staged five minutes, no touching, uh, fully uh, protective equipment. That was true with Uncle Victor. Nobody could go see him. Yeah. I mean, that. And so if all of a sudden then you got to say, OK, how am I going to deal with that eventuality? What if I couldn't go in and hold mom's hand? Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is with us. And we're talking with Dick Edwards on Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether... The new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello, friend. Well, we're so pleased you were with us here on Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're having a delightful conversation with Dick Edwards. He spent a whole lot of years working in senior care, senior housing, uh, senior medical issues, worked at the Mayo Clinic uh, and, and elsewhere. And we're having just the best conversation about a world that is suddenly gone upside down. You mentioned COVID. You mentioned the changes that have come, Dick Edwards, to 
so many families. Can you get your crystal ball out and, and assuming uh, that COVID settles down in the next year or so, what will the world look like for seniors? Oh, wow. I wish I had that crystal ball. Um, I think just categorically, everybody doing business, any kind of business, radio broadcasting, healthcare, you know, automobile sales, whatever the business is, COVID is going to force them to take pause, rethink, redesign, revalue uh, how they do that business, whatever that business is. And I think the leadership, uh, Carol, of places like Leading Age, formerly American Association of Homes and Services for the Aging, uh, are going to have to take a leadership with others to think how we care for older adults in congregate. And is congregate care uh, a good way to go? Um, should we now, be congregate meaning a whole in bunch a group? Of folks. Yeah, yeah, in a group. Uh, you know, it took for ever for that sector of long-term care to realize that none of us, as we enter that stage in life, should have to share a bedroom, okay? Uh, No matter how fond you and I might be of each other, Ron, at the end of the day, uh, literally, uh, we shouldn't have to stay in the same room. You snore, I don't. I watch football, you hate it. Uh, You have 16 visitors, I have none. I mean, it's just inhumane. So we've finally moved away from that, but it's that kind of thing. Rethink, redesign, restaff, and also, and this is a hue and cry, but we have to revalue the men and women who choose as a calling to go into that kind of care. Right. That's what I was exactly going to say. You know, I think that, you know, looking at the pay um, for our care, care force, uh, all those folks that work in the facilities or provide care in people's homes uh, because we didn't have enough to begin with. Uh, a lot about what's happened with COVID is not going to draw them into it. It's certainly not something a lot of people want to go into. But, you know, the amazing thing is you think about here, here you know, you were, I was listening to the, you know, the respect in your voice, Dick, as you're talking about parents and the family relationships and the children with disabilities. And so we're asking people, to take care of our most cherished, the most cherished family members, right? The right. older people, the people with yeah. disabilities. And we pay them less than fast food. You know, right. the average pay yeah. is below $20,000 a year. Yeah, and it's like right. the teachers, our values, this, the COVID experience has really shown um, how some of the, the, the pay and the value that we placed on these helping professions um, does not uh, meet the, the needs of society. And, right. and we're going to say, wake up. Exactly. I, you know, uh, the idea, care settings, like a, a rehab setting or a hospice setting or a long-term care setting, a.k.a. nursing home, those are those are need-driven. You have to do that. There, there's not a lot of choice. Uh, nobody would uh, intentionally sign up to do it, but it becomes just a, uh, an unfortunate reality. Moving you know into what a, I'm, I'm the most sad about is hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know or have heard of people that rather than going to assisted living, went on the cruise ship because you get the house, you get cleaning, you get the food, you get to, <laughs> to run around all over the world. Well, darn, yeah, now I guess, cruise ships yeah, are not, you yeah, know, yeah. the answer to assisted living exactly. anymore. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but if you are paying out of pocket for assisted living 
or if you have timed it right and have moved into a lovely CCRC with all the bells and whistles and the la-di-da. And uh, CCRC is? A congregate care setting. It's kind of a one-stop shop, continuum of care, almost always private pay. Um, I look at the economics and I tell my wife as we sit here in this you know, lovely lakefront property in west central Wisconsin and then dash down to Palm Springs for the sunshine, uh, it, I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go, COVID or not. I don't care how long I've been associated with the sector. Uh, I'm not going to lay out that kind of money. I'm going to take that money and buy myself uh, uh, an employee or two of them or like three sisters from uh, Cambodia who are living in our town and say, girls, come over here, keep me safe, keep me dry, keep me, you know, pick me up if I fall and feed me occasionally because I want to be where I am. So I, I think I think that dynamic, that thought process is going to have to be run through not only the provider community system, but the consumer system. You know, are you right. sure you want to move in with all those people? I know. And I think of people that have really thrived, you know, in some of the care facilities. Oh, absolutely. My great aunt, who is 95, she just loved the social interaction. She thrived. She had made more friends everywhere. Yeah. But but going back to your, you know, your book where we started out, you know, the, the questions to ask, you know, I, I think that where your book is important is to start those kinds of conversations and add, you know, the, you've, you've updated with the COVID thought. But so many families don't know what questions to ask, are afraid to ask those questions. You know, it, it just haven't thought about it. But have you thought, what does that look like once you can't care for yourself anymore? What right. do you think is going to happen, yeah, mom yeah. and dad? Where do you want to be? I mean, these are things that we don't discuss normally. And right. coming out of COVID, it's a great time to have that conversation. And, and in, in the book, you, we talk about the five eights. And one of them is to evaluate and to anticipate. The other one is to communicate. So if you've got a family and some one of you has the, uh, the, the verbal skills, the intellect, the desire to sort of take this on and honcho it, uh, that, that's the first start. You need a point person. Well, I can't talk to mom. Well, I don't want to talk about dying. Well, okay, somebody has to, I will, and uh, you're going to subordinate yourself to my leadership of this process. We're going to get mom and dad on board, and we're going to get direction from them, anticipating uh, circumstances that might come. Mom, dad, we want what you want. You got to tell us what that is. Mom, Dad, you've been there for us all our lives, giving us guidance and support. Now we want to return the favor. Please let us. So how do you feel about boomp, boomp, or boomp? What if he goes first? What if mom goes first? What if dad shows up with a girlfriend? Jeez, you know, what if they sell the farm and regret it? You know, what if, what if, what if? So that, mom and dad, we have a game plan. We don't want to screw this up. Help right. us. We want what you want, basically. Years before he died, I got one of those early version of your book, uh, Questions for Grandpa. Uh, he refused to participate. Yeah. He, didn't want to, he didn't want to do it. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, here, here's, that, here's a response to that. Think back to that. And who is the messenger that sent, who went to him with the request? Uh, his son, me. Oh, you see, you're the wrong one to send. You, you well, got, I didn't know you then. Well, okay, but here's the way that works. Um, who has credibility with whom and on what topic? 
Could it be the son? Probably not. Could it be the daughter-in-law? Could be. Could be a grandchild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been but, right. Yeah. You know, like at our house, if, if, if uh, they, when they come to take away the car, um, don't send my son. You know, in my eyes, he's still, his hair is too long. He's a hippie and a rock star drummer. Okay. But send the number one grandson. I will not only relinquish the keys, I'll give him the car. I like that. I like <laughs> so the, that. Point, the point is, who has credibility with whom and on what topic? Who dare speak to him about money? Who dare brings up with her the problem of her personal hygiene? So you got to work at that. Right. It might not even be a family member. It might exactly. be save the family, save the family relationships and have yeah. somebody else do be the messenger. And you, you use examples around you, you know, hey, mom, I see where your 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 neighbor, Mrs. Uh, Weinstein, uh, is, is falling apart. You know, what, what, you know, she's walking out there by herself. Uh, you know, God, if that ever happened to you, what, what, what do you want us kids to do? You know, again, Never done being a mother, never offering advice and counsel. Now the subject of the advice and counsel is, is me. I like that. Well, we're going thing, to uh, okay. have to stop you right here. For okay. folks who want to get your book coming out again, end of January, momdadcanwetalk.com? Uh, uh, yeah, well, the website is uh, yeah, momdadcanwetalk.com. It's on Amazon. Okay. Uh, and and uh, there Perfect. are opportunities on the uh, website to engage and have conversations and do a little blogging. So, hey, Dick great Edwards. to be with you guys. Thank you. Appreciate your time very much. We'll do it again. And uh, look forward to talking to you again. For Carol Zerdino, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you again soon right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.